Charlotte Gamble's latest book helps us to find perspective in the tough seasons of life. It talks about wisdom in the weariness, strength for the struggles, more passion to persist and joy for the journey of life. Engaging, personal and full of biblical truth and wisdom. To purchase this book or discover more resources, visit her website, charlottegamble.com. Moses' job was to hear from God. God said, I'm going to speak to you, Moses. I'm going to give you instruction about what needs to happen. I'm going to put in your ear direction for a generation. I'm going to give you a plan and I'm going to give you a place to go. I am going to speak things into your ear, Moses. But hey, here's the deal. Because of your insecurity... And because of the thing that you've brought to me saying, it's too much for me to do on my own. I'm going to bring someone alongside you to be a mouthpiece. And they're going to communicate and help you get out the very thing that I am giving to you. I'm going to put the earpiece with a mouthpiece. And when you work together, it will be powerful. But here's what you need to know. The enemy wants to separate those two things. He wants earpieces to never find mouthpieces because an earpiece that is always hearing from God but has no one willing to help them say what God is saying means that there's great potential but there's no one influenced, there's no one reached, there's no one helped. And then we have mouthpieces that have not heard what God needs to be done. They're just talking. And they're good at talking, 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 but they're not listening. And I think some of you right now are struggling because you're trying to be the earpiece and the mouthpiece all by yourself. And you need to understand that there's a bringing together that you need to find as brothers and sisters where actually we become so powerful for God because we've understood we need to sync up our gifts. We need to sync up our skills. You are not called to be a one-man band for Jesus. And it's okay if you don't get to say it because guess what? You got to hear it. And it's okay if you didn't hear it because you know what? You get to say it. And so I'm blessed and you're blessed. And between us, we get to do something awesome. And so we've got to find earpieces and mouthpieces and bring them together. I don't know if you've ever seen someone that's using an earpiece or a microphone or someone that's out of lip sync. You know, like their mouth's moving, but they're out of sync. I feel that a lot in the church. I'm like, this department's mouth is moving but it seems so out of sync with what I just heard in the back room from the leader. You know what, I just heard from the person I think God's asked to put wisdom into the church. I just heard from the leader that I feel God's speaking to about this movement. I just heard from him in the back room things on his heart. But then I walked into this meeting and I walked into this setting and it sounds very different. It's like, it's like, There's something out of sync here. I I, I just heard something over here, but it's like there's a time delay. And over here, 
I don't really recognize the song anymore. And the more we keep separating earpieces and mouthpieces, the more we will have those that really do know what to do with those that really think they know what to do. <laughs> and you know, this might be impressive, but without this, we lose integrity, we lose ground, we begin to do things that don't. And over here, these people are so important. There's people right now in your group that when they speak, everybody listens. And when you speak, three people listen. And you're in charge. Why? Because the gift on their life is they are a mouthpiece. They have people looking to them and people listening to them because when they communicate, they have something on their life of gift. And Aaron had a gift to say things and say things well in a way that Moses did not have on his life. But Moses had an ear to hear God and hear him well. And those two factors must find one another. But when you won't let your brother become your boss, you separate earpieces from mouthpieces and we don't achieve a thing remember which you are which are you I'm not saying that if you're a mouthpiece you don't ever hear from God but I'm saying the ones that have the mantle to hear from God for the generation for the church over a bigger picture the other mouthpieces, they still hear from God, but it's different. When they speak, they need to attach themselves to an authority that goes beyond theirs. Otherwise, you're speaking about something way smaller when God could use you to speak about something way bigger. You know, I have a great relationship with Mike Harvey. We're great friends, and Mike and Ali are great friends to me. But, you know, I've learned how that flow works, because Mike often will take what I've heard from God and become a mouthpiece in a way I could never be it through media or through words or through an idea or through something creative that he'll come up with. It's like we sit and when the two strengths come together, he doesn't feel, well, I'm his boss and I'm telling him what to do. But he comes and he goes, tell me what you've heard and then let me find a way to say it better. Tell me what you're hearing and let me find a way to paint the picture so it looks like what you're hearing. And when earpieces find mouthpieces, pieces of media that could be okay become awesome because someone took what someone heard and put it into language everybody can hear. If you are an earpiece, I pray to God you'll find those that'll be your mouthpiece. And if you are a mouthpiece, I pray you'll humble yourself and say, I need to find someone that knows the direction so that my voice is used to maximum capacity. I don't know how I'm gonna get through three more points, so we might have to stop. I'm sorry, I told you this wouldn't be polished and I would normally have timed it to be better, but we'll go as far as we can. The second thing you have to navigate, I think if you're gonna find that your brothers in here can become your bosses, is that you need to know the difference, thanks. You need to know the difference between armpits and Amalekites. Let me just show you some of the things that they experienced together. 
It tells us in Exodus 17 that an interesting thing goes down. And that Joshua has been told he has to fight a battle. And this battle is hugely important. But actually the battle, victory, does not rest with Joshua. Actually it rests with the one whose God's mantle is on, which is Moses. So actually Moses, actually behind the scenes as God's earpiece, is given an instruction of how this battle will be won. And the instruction Moses is given is not glamorous. A lot of people might not understand it, but God says, I need you to go up the hill above where they're fighting. And as long as your arms are lifted up to me, they're gonna win. But if your arms drop, they will lose. If your arms are up, Moses, we're gonna win. But if your arms drop, they're gonna lose. Now, Joshua thought he was the one that was kicking butt. Joshua in his shiny suit thought he had all the moves down. And you know what? There's a whole generation of wannabe Joshua's. Let them think that. Let them have their moment on the battlefield. Let them get it all out their system. Let them fight. But let this generation become wise that that's not how all battles are won. That actually the battles that God needs winning often are more strategic than that. And so Moses knew I have to go to the top of the hill. They have to do their thing down there, but my arms must be lifted. I don't know, but I do know one thing. I don't know temperature, but it would have been hot. And in the blazing sun, he was hot. And his arms had to stay upheld. And so there came a point in that moment when he's like, I can't hold my arms up anymore. So Aaron, now remember, Moses is 80. Aaron is 83. So if anybody should be getting to sit down right now, it's the older brother, okay? But when you understand God's priority and God's anointing, you don't get to play that card anymore. Well, I've been in this church longer than you, so I should have been picked. Well, you know what? I, I, I never fell morally like you. So you know what? I don't have the past that you have. Well, you know what? So I, you know what? Well, I'm connected to such and such and such and such and they know me and they know about the gift on my life. And so actually it should be me in the queue before you. Actually, I'm five years at Bible school and you've done none. So actually it should technically come to me. You know how we go. And in that moment, It says that Aaron came and put his whole weight underneath his brother's arm and recognized, right now, Moses, you're the man, you're the boss. And it's my job in this moment to achieve what we need to achieve. So I'm just gonna stand here, however long it is, and hold your arm. I'm gonna be downwind of your armpit for the next few hours. And more than that, I'm going to get a rock, Moses, for you to sit on, even though I'm three years older than you. And I'm going to stand in the heat and I'm going to hold this arm because, see, I've understood something. I could either see this moment as you degrading me, as you downsizing me and letting me know you're the man and I should hold your arm and be blessed that I am. I could either see this moment as, you know what, oh, Moses is so holy and I just get to hold an arm. Or I could focus on the armpit of this situation. Or I could focus on the Amalekite. 
that we're defeating between us. And I could realize without me doing what I'm doing, you can't do what you're doing. And without us doing what we're doing, Joshua can't win what he needs to win. And actually, if I make this about the armpit, then you know what? The Amalekites will win. And we'll go home defeated because I couldn't get past my ego that told me I shouldn't have to hold an armpit for someone that actually I know just as much as. If you want to be able to get past some of these hurdles, you're going to have to choose in those moments in ministry when someone says, you know what, I just need you to fire off these five emails. You know what, I'm having a meeting with the team over here, but actually I don't need you in the meeting. I actually just need you to go and deal with this bit of administration. You have to, in that moment, rule your thoughts that want to say, who does he think he is? I should be in that meeting and say, this is not an armpit. This is about an Amalekite. And right now, my job is to make sure that this arm doesn't drop. And if that piece of admin means this arm doesn't drop, I happily go and play my part because that's what I signed up to do. If you're willing to share the sweat, you will share in the success. I have two more points. Can, we have, can I have four more minutes? Is that all right? I'm asking permission in my own church because right now I'm not the boss. You are. <laughs> I'll go quick because I know you're tired. And Just real quick. Another thing I want you to remember is that your anointing, your anointing, is in your attachment. Goes on to say, later on, that God told Moses, you're going to anoint Aaron and you're gonna make him the first ever high priest. And you're gonna put anointing on him and his kids and his grandkids that will set up his lineage for all generations as a lineage of priesthood in this nation. If he had said no, when God said, could you come cover the stutter? He would never have received the anointing that set his own grandkids up for the future. Don't ever think that you get to choose when you get anointed or you get to pick and choose where the anointing will come from. There are some anointings that rest in your attachments. And if you choose to sever those attachments, you choose to also sever that anointing. God will still use you. There are still things that you'll get to do, but there are some specific things that happen when you stay in the God attachment that the enemy wants to shake you from. There are specific things that happen that won't happen any other way. If I said Ruth and Naomi, you'd see it again. Because only because of Naomi and Ruth's attachment did she end up in the line of Jesus. So don't ever play fast and loose with this, well, God will just anoint me anyway. He will bless you for sure. He will use you for sure, but there is a degree of anointing that God has set aside for those who understand this principle. When you find your Moses, you stick with him. When you find that relationship and that person, you stick with them. Time's gone, but this last one I have to throw in. 
And I can't wait when I get to preach this message for real. It'll be awesome to get some of these more things out there. There's so much meat in this principle. But here's just this last one. And oh boy, is this a big one. So please don't switch off. And I honestly feel this is for some people in the room right now. You are about to do what I'm begging you don't do. Do not trade your calling for a calf. There was a moment when Moses went up a mountain. He was gone for a while because he had to go listen to God because he was the earpiece. He was going to go get commandments and instructions for a generation. And so he goes up and he leaves Aaron down with the people. And in Exodus 32, it says that the people began to be impatient. And it was just actually after Aaron had been anointed. And sometimes we confuse anointing and authority. Be careful. That's great you're anointed, but you better understand what that anointing is for and don't assume it's for an authority that God has not given you. So in chapter 30, we read he's anointed by Moses. And in chapter 32, he almost loses it all. Aaron, that's been so faithful and so good, he almost loses it all because there comes a moment when the impatience of the people begins to speak up. And listen to me, the impatience of others will separate brothers. There'll be a moment in your relationship where you're like, well, it's taking a little long. You know what, Mo, you could come down now. You know, you know, I've waited a while now. You know what, I think I'm gifted. I know I'm anointed. You know, there's things I can do. And you begin to tell yourself, well, you know what, I've grown and I've come through. And you know what, I, I, and right at that time, some impatient people will get around you. And they'll be able to say things to you like they did to him. And they gathered around Aaron. And they said to Aaron in verse 2, they said, hey, as for this fellow Moses, I know he brought us out of Egypt and all. But we don't even know where he is right now. So hey, why don't you be our leader? Hey, hey, why don't you do something in the gap? And in that moment, Aaron says to them, take off your gold. And he begins to build a golden calf. He begins to fashion an idol for the people to worship. And I don't know who it is in here. But I feel like some of you, you've been faithful and you've served your brother and you've done years of service and you're doing great stuff, but there's like this moment that you're going through where you're like, well, maybe it's my time to build a calf. I mean, I'm gifted. I mean, it says that actually Aaron fashioned this thing. I mean, he had skills. I mean, take your skills out of the house. You know, build an idol. You, you deserve it. You know, take your skills over here and do your own thing with it. I mean, God's just anointed you. God's on you. And so he began to fashion this idol and everyone was like, wow, that's awesome. But the idol would become the thing that would come between him and his brother. And when Moses got back down the mountain, God said, you better go down. It's chaotic down there. He looked at Aaron, he said, Aaron, what happened? And then Aaron kind of fudged it. 
Because he said, well, you know, they threw the gold in the fire and out popped an idol. Well, no, not technically true. Because the Bible says that he fashioned it. I don't know whether there was a bit of pride in there. I mean, he knew he was gifted. He knew he was talented. You know what? I can, I can do this. And I just want to say to any of you right now that attempted to build a golden calf, the calf will never, ever be as good as your calling. It will entertain. It will get some applause. It will get you some admirers and some fans. But those fans will go just as quick as they came. And actually, the calf he built cost many people to lose their life. It's not an easy subject. But could you allow a brother to be a boss? Would you be cool if God said, be a mouthpiece instead of an earpiece? Will you see armpits or will you see Amalekites? Will you resist the urge to build the calf and instead remain true to your calling? I just think YA, some of you, there's a year between you, two years between you and your buddies and you've journeyed together. But I feel like in this moment, there needs to be a release of one another. Some of you need to say, look, I release you. I know God's put things on your life. And I know that means you're gonna have to give me some orders every now and again. And you know what? I know that I'm not the easiest person to tell these things through, but I need you to know I'm more committed to you than a brother and we'll work this thing out. Because you know what? Your success is gonna be my success. And you know what? When God called Moses, he also called Aaron. So my calling's in this too. So I have a vested interest in you stepping up because that means I can step up. And I just think if we would give permission for that to happen amongst us, then it wouldn't be awkward anymore and it wouldn't be weird and we wouldn't be bossy because we wouldn't need to be bossy. I don't ever read in this story where Moses was bossy, not once. If anything, he was so grateful. And where Aaron felt resentful, there was a time he grumbled, but God almost killed him for that, so be careful. I don't know where this finds you, time's gone. But all across the room, can we just stand to our feet? actually just going to ask in this moment for some of you to be bold some of you just need to go hug someone and say hey I release you not that I've not been but I feel I'm supposed to tell you that some of you in this moment need to say I am not going to build a golden calf I'm not I'm, 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 Lord, I know what the calf is, I, I kill it. I don't fashion it, I kill it. I get rid of it. Some of you need to destroy the calf that impatience is telling you to build. Hold out. Hold out for parting the Red Sea. Hold out for miracles, signs and wonders. Hold out for when your staff eats the staff, the serpents of Pharaoh. Hold out for when you get to call down the plagues and you get to be a mouthpiece for God. Hold out. Don't sell out. Your golden calf will never give you those moments. It'll be shiny and all. But you know what? Someone will build one better than you and then everybody will move to worship that.
So if you need to kill a calf, kill it. If you need to release someone, release them. If you need to just settle and chill, that you're the earpiece, then do. And if you need to go, you know what, God, in this season, I'm called to just be the mouthpiece. That's an awesome job. I'm gonna stop striving for something that I don't think I'm supposed to strive for. Just close your eyes across the room. I'm gonna pray and then I'm just gonna have the team just worship a little moment. And in that moment, when they begin to worship, if there's a movement that you need to make, because this is YA movement, then move. We're gonna go into a 15 minute break and this can be part of the break. The break can be that literally you spend your break praying with one another. You spend your break just going and encouraging someone. You spend your break, maybe you on your own with God. I don't know what it is that you need to do in response, but you do. So I'm gonna pray and then they're gonna lead. And as they just play in this next moment, that's when I'm just saying, you do what you need to do to respond. Father, you see this incredible group of people. And Lord, I pray today that we would hear your word and we would apply it. Lord, I pray that this generation that YA represents would not regress because we don't wanna deal with these issues. But we would be bold and we would release one another. We would say, why not? Why can't we now begin to part waters, begin to speak to pharaohs, begin to deliver people, why not? I release you to the call on your life and I pray that those in here that feel they have a stutter, I pray that they will find their brother steps in. Instead of leaving them on their own, they'll find a brother coming and saying, hey, I'll fill that gap. I pray where we viewed armpits that we'd see Amalekites. We stop resenting what we should be celebrating. And I pray today if there are any calves that have been built in our hearts, that we are fashioning in our minds, Lord, I pray we would let them go. We would resist the temptation of an enemy, an impatience that separates us from our destiny. Lord, I pray today that something significant would happen in the room. That there would be a response that would be the beginning of something new. So God, as we worship, we just give these next few moments to you to have your way, to say what you need to say, to mend relationships, to help us let go of things.